Welcome to Techlandia, a podcast about and for the technology industry, a place to learn, connect, and engage with leaders and thinkers involved in the technology industry. You can check us out at techoregon.org, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I'm excited to kick off our latest episode of Techlandia, this one with Mike Eulin, who's the CTO and co-founder of Paxton AI, an exciting new company in the legal tech market. And we're gonna be talking a little bit about Paxton's journey, uh, hear a little bit about uh, Mike's background, as well as hear a little bit about what they're seeing in the legal market. Mike, welcome. Yeah, thanks for the intro, Skip. It's it's great to be here and happy new year. Happy new year to you as well. I was wondering if we could start by maybe describing a little bit about Paxton AI. You know, what's the problem you're solving and how do you all go about doing it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Paxton AI, we're a new legal tech company founded uh, last year in, in 2023. Uh, Paxton is a generative AI uh, legal assistant for attorneys. So we help uh, with the core workflow of uh, attorneys, namely uh, conducting legal research and helping attorneys draft documents, whether that's contracts or, or uh, court filings or regulatory filings. Um, Paxton is a uh, AI platform that you can access by going to Paxton.ai. And kind of like uh, ChatGPT, uh, you can interact with Paxton via a, a chat interface on our website and you know ask Paxton to do uh, legal tasks for you, you know, looking up uh, court rulings, court decisions, uh, uh, laws, rules, regulations, or or say, you know, draft a document. And I think what sets us apart from other uh, companies and other uh, AI tools is that we're purpose-built uh, explicitly for lawyers. And we've built our AI assistant on top of uh, a legal database of about 200 million uh, documents. So we can actually, when we generate an answer or a document, cite back to the original uh, source material so that you can have that, that trust and, and verify the information um, and we find that that Paxton just gives folks who use it just a tremendous amount of leverage and, and increases their efficiency. So I'm pretty excited uh, to be able to talk to you guys about it. Excellent. Uh, so are you an attorney personally or, or how did you decide to get into the, the legal tech space? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm not actually an attorney, but uh, I've been in, in legal tech uh, uh, for part of my career. Um, I, I initially thought that I, I might want to be an attorney uh, back when I was in college before going into uh, engineering. Uh, so I actually worked uh, in policy at the, at the Federal Reserve um, back, when, uh, back when the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act was uh, working its way through Congress. So uh, I, I was the one responsible for, for reading the draft version of the, of the bill every week. It was about 900 pages and figuring out what, what had changed. And, you know, reflecting back on that, I was like, man, if we had 
chat GPT, that would have been so much easier. Um, so uh, ended up going into kind of the tech side of things, uh, worked in data science and, and machine learning at a company called RPX, uh, which uh, served large tech companies, um, including Apple, Google, Intel, uh, helping them with, with intellectual property or, or patent related issues. Uh, and then uh, after RPX, uh, I then co-founded a company called uh, Zesty AI with a couple other of my uh, former McKinsey colleagues. Um, and Zesty was focused on using artificial intelligence for the pro uh, problem of uh, uh, underwriting and pricing in the insurance industry. So we had to work very closely with regulators to get our, our AI models approved. And you know, we were actually the first AI model approved by the, the California Department of Insurance for, for underwriting and pricing. Um, so as you can imagine, that that whole process of attaining uh, regulatory approvals is very time consuming, manual and, and text heavy. You know, things that uh, generative AI can can help out uh, a lot with. So uh, when Gen AI was kind of coming to the fore uh, early last year, um, my co-founder and I were, were just talking about different kind of application areas we could uh, apply this to. And uh, my, my co-founder, Tongi Chow, who is our CEO, uh, he's a former venture capital uh, investor and actually was pretty active in the, the legal tech space. So given our, our backgrounds and, and familiarity with, with these problems, uh, we, we thought this would be a, a really compelling use case and it could drive a lot of value for folks. That's great. And as of, uh, as of the fall of of 2023, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Paxton AI was one of only two legal tech startups to raise a significant seed round. Um, how much did, did you end up raising? Uh, yeah, uh, so we raised uh, a $6 million round uh, uh, and announced uh, kind of Q4 last year, so in, in September. Um, so we're, we're it, it's certainly a more challenging time to be fundraising, but uh, you know, I think uh, given our our, our backgrounds and and uh, the attractiveness of this this space, um, you know, we we're able to to pull it off. Um, but it's certainly uh, certainly not like it was even a, even a few years ago. Right, right. For wondering for all the startup founders who might be listening, what what do you what do you think worked well in your pitch strategy? Um, <laughs> well, I, I think a couple things, um, but. I think there's this tremendous, tremendous appetite for for AI applications at this point in time, and um, you know you can you can look at the ag aggregate stats on that, and uh, it's it's kind of the bright spot within venture capital. Um, and you know people can can you know kind of poke fun at at investors for being AI obsessed, but but I think there's a there's a good reason for it. You know you only get these these platform shifts uh, about once every 10 years or so, whether it was um, the adoption of computing, uh, uh, the internet, mobile, the shift to cloud. Um, and I think, I think AI is, is that next uh, technology or platform shift. Um, and with a platform shift, you get a, a ton of opportunity. So I think investors are, are responding to that. So, um, I think having a, a 
a tailwind versus a, a headwind is certainly certainly helpful. Um, and then the other things that investors kind of traditionally look for, you, you want to be going after uh, a big market. So the total addressable market needs to be large. Um, you need to have a good team and you need to demonstrate that you can uh, develop and, and launch a product. So, uh, you know, to other other startup founders out there, um, you know, if, if if there is an AI aspect to your, your company, I would I would definitely lean into that because this is a I think this is a macro trend and then making sure you're you're buttoned up on those three areas with with team product and and market um those are those are kind of the things that that vc investors are, are looking for yeah and, and what would you say are um some of the the sort of areas in which you're going to be investing some of that that money from the funding round as, as you look to scale the company uh, yeah, at at this stage, it's it's really around uh, product and and go to market. So, we've uh, expanded the team. Uh, we're now uh, nine people, but most of that is on the on the engineering side of things. Uh, so we're really investing heavily into the Paxton AI platform and making sure that it's a really solid tool for for our our users and early customers, um, and we can continue to. Uh, deliver a really great experience for them. Um, and we just started, we, we recently, I think, uh, I think just today we, we made our first go to market hire. Um, so we're, we're really excited to have, uh, have this person aboard. Um, and uh, I think engineering and, and go to market are kind of going to be kind of our, our two main focus areas as we, as we continue to scale out Paxton. That's excellent. Um, I see you guys on, on LinkedIn, all over the place, uh, some local press coverage. Um, I'm wondering, um, as you look at sort of where you're trying to gain visibility in certain markets around the US, um, are, you, are you targeting certain outlets or publications? This is one thing that I think is top of mind for a lot of startups who are focused on go to market is, you know, how do in a targeted way raise the visibility you need to in the right audiences? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate uh, uh, that. Appreciate the the acknowledgement. It's uh, it's something we uh, we put a lot of effort into here at Paxton, um, and I, I think it can be a common pitfall for for new entrepreneurs. Um, you know, everyone thinks, uh, oh, I'm just going to build a great great product, and and you know, people will will end up finding me, and and that's really not how it works. You you need to kind of be out there pounding the pavement trying to tell people about uh, what you have to offer because, you know, people are busy. Uh, there's a lot of noise out there uh, and, and anything you can do to cut through that noise and, and get some attention. Um, I think, I think will serve you well. I think there's a, there's a saying that I, I really like that, um, you know, first, first time entrepreneurs focus on product and then second time entrepreneurs focus on, on distribution. So make sure you, you're, you're getting the word out and, and trying to be active on that front. And, and I, love, I love that saying. Um, <laughs> it's, now, it's now recorded. We're going, to be, we're going to be sharing this widely. Um, Good. You know, I also hear you all are up for um, you know, some, some awards. Uh, has that been part of your strategy too, is kind of getting in front of different um, organizations that are influential in your market? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's something that we 
we made sure that we did at my my last startup, uh, Zesty AI, which was, you know, establish good relationships with with analyst firms, with with the press, uh, especially uh, industry press. Um, and you know, in the case of Zesty, that was the insurance uh, industry news, and with Paxton, it's the uh, the legal industry. So. We're actually a, a finalist for Law.com's uh, Legal Week uh, for for new legal company uh, of the year. Uh, so hopefully uh, uh, that's going to be coming up at the, the end of the month in New York. So hopefully uh, hopefully we do well there. Uh, but it's really it's really just great exposure to be uh, nominated for that that award, uh, given a lot of our our competition has you know been doing this for for you know several years uh, or more now. Um, and we were also uh, nominated, and, and thanks, you know, a lot to the the, the support of our early users and the uh, and the Portland community. We were nominated for uh, the American Bar Association's uh, Tech Show, uh, so one of one of fifteen startups uh, selected for that. And I, I, I think it just gives you an opportunity to to highlight uh, your product for your your stakeholders and and your users. Um, and you know give you give you just kind of another touch point it's it's a really when when you're nominated for one of these things it's it's a really great opportunity to reach out to your early users and and uh you know thank them for their support and and use that as an opportunity to continue the conversation along with them um so you know if, if folks are out there thinking about their own startups i i, I definitely advocate people um make sure you're you're Hitting the pavement, taking every opportunity to to talk with folks. It's 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 really important because you're you're just kind of this tiny organization, and and you know you have to stand out amongst all the other things people have going on in their in their lives. That's a really good point, and um, I'd be remiss if I didn't put in a plug for the Oregon Technology Awards coming up May sixth, and we'll be uh, calling for interest from local companies. Hope you will consider. <laughs> <laughs> applying as well. Absolutely, um, no. I uh, we we submitted our application. I think the first day we could. Fantastic, that's awesome. Um, so I wanted to shift gears here a little bit and talk about um, some of your future product plans. Uh, I saw recently, I think that you launched a, a new drafting legal drafting tool. Um, I was wondering if you could tell me more mm -hmm. about kind of what you're excited about on the horizon. Uh, absolutely. Um, so. We've got some pretty exciting things in store for for 2024, but here at Paxton, we're we're super feedback and and customer oriented. So, you know, for for folks who sign up uh, on Paxton.ai, we we take your feedback really seriously, and that's that's what we use to to drive our our product roadmap and our our product development. Um, so the drafting tool is just kind of the latest uh, example of that. Uh, you know, attorneys uh, do a lot of writing, um, and and you know, generative AI tools uh, kind of excel at at generating text. So it seemed like a a really great opportunity to to marry um, a a key need of our our users, uh, which which is to draft documents along with something that generative AI really excels at. Um, and we're we're going to continue to kind of lean into that. Uh, and develop out capabilities that that aid our users in their in their daily workflow. So we're we're super excited to be able to to launch our own uh, 
large language model uh, later this year, uh, where where you know like GPT-4, GPT-3.5, Claude, um, Bard, uh, the Paxton LLM uh, will be a a large language model dedicated uh, just to the the legal domain, um, and I think you know. We've we've seen within other domains like finance or you know insurance at my my uh, past company's SD uh, specialist specialist AI models can really excel at a given domain uh, versus um, uh, more generalist models that that try to do everything um, and I think you know there, there's some great models out there that are are general purpose but uh, using something like Paxton that is really tailored. Uh, to a specific use case, to a specific vertical, um, will serve will serve attorneys and our our users a lot better than than trying to apply one of these uh, generalist tools. I was wondering if you could um, tell me a little bit about um, sort of what what you're seeing in terms of uh, rates of adoption in in the legal tech market when it comes to new technologies. Um, I think. You know, it's it's been interesting observing you know some of the uh, more traditional professions, whether it's you know physicians uh, practicing medicine, lawyers practicing law. Uh, there there is a reputation, rightly or wrongly deserved, of um, kind of being resistant to change. And I'm wondering if you're uh, able to comment on where you're seeing sort of traction or interest from the legal community as it relates to adopting new tools. Yeah, uh, great question, Skip. Um, you know, it's it's really quite different than uh, you know what what we went through. Uh, only uh, I guess eight years or so, we we started as uh, SDAI, and you know, taking AI to the insurance industry, um, it, it it feels kind of similar to what we're doing here in in the legal industry, but. Uh, eight years ago, you know, it was a bit of an uphill battle to convince people that artificial intelligence was something that they should pay attention to. Um, you know, maybe may a little harder to imagine today, but um, we had to get over that that hump that, you know, this was a technology that could be applied in this in this area and really deliver a lot of value. Um, and I think one of the benefits of, of doing an AI company today, um, there's so much excitement and news and you, you kind of see a new generative AI uh, application it feels like almost every week um, you don't you don't have to make that uh, case uh, necessarily that that this is something people should be paying attention to uh, when you know when we go to law firms um, it, it seems like almost every one of them has a has an AI committee or an AI initiative dedicated to trying to understand this this tech and, and how to apply it. There's a bit of a, you know, w w when we were doing this uh, uh, with Zesty, we had to convince people to pay attention, and and now there's a kind of a, a a different problem today, where it's like, how do you cut through the noise of you know everyone's doing some something with AI? Um, so I think. We've we've been a, a, a beneficiary of that for sure. Um, you know, lawyers I think specifically feel that that and the, you know you can experience it for yourself. You can just go to ChatGPT or Bard and you know get a taste of what AI is is capable of today. Um, and then 
you know, I think it's important to remember that uh, this is probably going to be the the worst AI uh, will be for the rest of our lives. I think it's only going to get better from here. Um, but I think for for attorneys who whose jobs are really um, uh, really really focused on drafting and and writing, uh, they can really feel that this is going to impact them. So there's there's been a lot of excitement and a lot of folks trying to understand what this this means for them in the legal space. Um, and I think that that has overcome a bit of that that institutional um, conservatism that you were you were alluding to in your in your question. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think folks really understand that this is going to impact them, and they should they should try to understand it as best they can. Um, the interesting you know, observation you made about like um, OpenAI and ChatGPT and the sort of ubiquity of it, the ubiquitousness of it in terms of its its adoption and use by just the general population. Um, and when you think about B2B related new technology that's being offered up, oftentimes it's like, well, I just don't understand the technology or uh, there's a disconnect between the technology and its application to someone's workflow or their day to day. But to your point with OpenAI and um, and ChatGPT, it was it was almost like instantaneously obvious that writing was one of those use cases that, oh, wow, this is a game changer right out of the gate. Even if you're still editing, it's still going to save you a ton of time um, in the drafting process. Um, so yeah, very, very astute observation there. I was wondering if we could shift a little bit to um, the uh, sort of like your observations on the local tech community. And in particular, I mean, do we have the makings of a, a bit of a, like a, a legal tech uh, cluster of sorts in in Oregon. I mean, we've got Paxton, uh, Casemark, another early stage startup. There's Xteros, Approved. Um, even companies like Navex and Radar First, in large part, cater to you know legal teams that are based in house. Um, I'm wondering what what you've seen locally and sort of what what you're excited about and any challenges maybe along the way too that you've observed. Yeah. No. I. I... I, I really love it here in Portland. I think uh, I think the Portland tech scene is probably one of the uh, hidden gems or or under the radar uh, places out there. And and uh, you know every opportunity I have, I I, I try to tell people about it because I think it's uh, it's one of the best deals going out there. And I mean you have all the all the firms that you mentioned. Um, there's a bit of a I think a spike here with with regards to say compliance tech with with uh, Smarsh. Um, so there's there's a really I think strong community here of of uh, of folks in this space. Um, and you know like it's just been a it's 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 been a really excellent place to to get a company off the ground. Like uh, you know you have folks like like you and and the and the folks at the Technology Association of Oregon, um, some of the local venture capital firms like uh, Voyager Capital became a, an investor of ours, um, and the the events that that the community just puts on here, where you can engage in in really thoughtful uh, discussions around uh, the tech and, and different application areas. Um, it's certainly not as as big as say, you know the the community in say the Bay Area where I where I spent uh, a good amount of time, um, but I think the level of 
support and and the ease of access to people here is 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 really incredible you know we and and people are just kind of willing to to help each other out and and uh uh have a conversation or or lend a hand uh when you need it um and it's it's really just a wonderful community to be to be a part of um the other kind of intrinsics of of portland i mean you have easy access to the west coast uh it's it's got a lower cost of living uh than than a lot of the uh, other west coast cities um so you know i'm i'm super excited about the portland tech scene and area i think it's got a lot going for it and i think more and more people will will start to wake up to it awesome well it's been a pleasure getting to know you a bit more over the uh, last year and then of course um, hearing more about the company and being able to support you in your efforts and there's a that's one thing I've loved about this area is there's a lot of people who care about lifting all boats and whether it's you know TAO or other folks like uh, you know Rick Trozzi and others who are trying to build community it's um, it's a place that I think is really welcoming and that's great that you've seen similar similar types of uh, observations along the way um, you know, I would say that as we um, as as we start to to wrap up, um, I wanted to see if there was uh, any any sort of thought that maybe we didn't cover that you might want to leave us with. No, yeah, I, I really appreciate the conversation, Skip, and and all the support that you and the the, the local community uh, uh, have provided. It's 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 just been uh, it's been wonderful and and really heartening and. Um, you know, I'm I'm just tremendously excited about Portland and and uh, uh, the AI space uh, more broadly. I, I think it's just a tremendously exciting time to be uh, involved with both. So, I I, I would encourage people uh, who are listening to just uh, really. You know, give, give give AI a try. Give give ChatGPT or or specialist tools to your your industry a try, like Paxton. Um, you know, like it it really feels to me like we're on the on the cusp of uh, something akin to the next internet or the next say shift to mobile. Um, and for folks who uh, uh, aren't paying attention or, or aren't involved yet, like think about you know, if you could go back and, and get, get involved in the early days. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mike, again, for taking the time to spend with us and uh, share a little bit of your thoughts um, around both the company, your journey, and, and our broader ecosystem here. It's been, uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, likewise, Skip. I appreciate you having me on.